Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, yo, folks. I'm your host, Conzie with the most, and I am joined today by... Hey, it's Justin, the Meeple's champion here. And I'm Suzanne. And this is episode 119 of the Wisco Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. And today is January 30th, 2024. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about... This idea of what is a well-rounded gaming collection, as well as a bunch of our suggestions, of course. With that, let's go ahead and dive into that main topic. Justin, why don't you kick us off and let us know what does it mean to have a well-rounded gaming collection? Yeah, so the first thing I think that having a well-rounded game collection is about providing a good selection or good options for a variety of gaming tastes. If you're hosting games, you want to have some variety so that there is something that you have that everyone could potentially enjoy. So what we've done is identified some of the major categories of games that we feel should be represented in a well-rounded game collection. There are more possible categories that could be included and you can certainly zoom in and focus in on specific mechanics or subgenres that we're not going to cover but if you hit each of these categories in our list you're going to cover a lot of ground and you should have something for just about everyone to enjoy and then second a well-rounded collection should be made up of games that are great examples of their category or their genre if you are a newer collector or a newer gamer, you want to feel confident that a game you're spending money on is is worth your time. So we've picked games that we feel are some of the best in their respective genres or exemplify a particular style or mechanics. And I think we've also kind of considered the fact that if you're starting to build a collection, you may not be ready to really dive in deep to everything right away. So these aren't necessarily the heaviest hitters in all of their in all these genres. But that means that we're also kind of leaving you some room to explore other games in these categories as you continue to, you know, build up your collection and find games that best suit you and your gaming group. But we think these are some great options to really build that well-rounded gaming collection. So we're talking about great categories like chocolate, and vanilla, and butterscotch, right? Hmm, not quite. Uh, <laughs> well, man, my list is completely wrecked now. I would love to have a, a chocolate-based board game collection. Like, I think that'd be pretty interesting. There's Azul Chocolatier. Come on. True. Oh, <laughs> yum. I think this would be great. All right. But no, we are going to, and great setup there. I think when you talk well-rounded, you probably get about a billion different opinions from a billion different reviewers and yeah. content creators and everybody else under the sun out there. In fact, we had quite an interesting conversation in in working up this episode and in going over and trying to understand what it means. So thank you, Justin. I think you summed it up real well as far as what we think it means to us. And by all means, this, these are our opinions and there's certainly an opportunity for us to expand on this in the future. This shouldn't be the say-all, end-all list of lists when it comes to well-rounded. But this should hopefully get you in the general, if you're thinking like us, this should hopefully get you in the general uh, same kind of thought process 
and then you can kind of build your collection from there to expand on this to to have a lot of these different board games in your collection or make that well-rounded collection that fits you and your gaming group best for those tastes and flavors, which I personally would be a big vanilla fan myself. Uh, <laughs> it's the best, you know, like, oh, I mean, I just love it. You know, if I have toppings or not, it, I mean, vanilla is the best flavor of all, in my opinion. But, hey, that's my opinion. Not everybody shares that. Okay, so first category. What do we have for our first category, Suzanne? So our first category that we're looking at are Euro games. And we are keeping this in the mid to heavyweight Euro games so that you have a good selection uh, for those dedicated gamers in your group. And something that's going to keep everyone involved and focused on the game. So the first one that we have is Lords of Waterdeep. And so that one is a one of the first worker placement games that I was introduced to. And you're, you know, going on these missions and stuff. And it's great. We also have Castles of Burgundy. That was just redone by Awakened Realms. Lovely tile placement game. It's been around for a long time. So there is... So many people that enjoy playing this, even if they are very seasoned gamers or brand new. And then there's Concordia by Rio Grande Games, where you are exploring and uh, going around a little bit of the world and seeing what's out there. One thing I like about our selection here, too, I'll just throw in. Each of these has a different set of mechanics, and so there's a nice spread of different play styles with these games. You get the worker placement, Lords of Waterdeep. Castles of Burgundy has sort of this nice tile placement, tile drafting thing. And then Concordia is a card-based action selection mechanism. So if one of those types of mechanics or styles is more your flavor, you know, get get that as an option. But any one of these is a great choice to get a Euro game into your collection. For sure. So moving on from Euro games, which are some of my favorite games of all time, we're going to gather our friends into big groups and have some party games. So party games is a huge category and we, we kind of broke it into a couple of subcategories because we have a lot of selections here that fall into that party game kind of thing, but we didn't really feel like any of these subcategories were really necessarily required, just that you have some form of party game or party games in the collection for that well-rounded collection. So you might mix and match here from the categories, or if one of these categories really isn't good for your group, but the other is, to go after that. So the first first category subcategory we had to the party game was the targeted clue game. And these would be games like Code Names from CGE, Phantom Inc. from Resonim, Hues and Cues from The Op Games, Medium from Greater Than Games, or even Wavelength from Palm Court. All really cool games. The players are giving clues. There might be a clue giver or whatnot. And then there is the, the rest of the group is usually broken into teams that are trying to figure out what the clue giver is trying to tell them and, and get it right. So next up, the other side of party game where we broke this into was the social deduction side of things. Now, these are where you have classic games like One Night Ultimate Werewolf from Bezier Games or Blood on the Clock Tower, which is incredibly popular right now from the Pandemonium Institute. But one of my favorites in this genre, which would be Two Rooms and a Boom from Tuesday Night Games. 
another great example. All of these big party games, usually games that require the more players, the merrier, the better the experience in those, ultimately trying to deduce what team or who is the bad guy or bad guys or bad villain players in the group from the rest of the group and breaking that down and figuring out those teams and those, and then ultimately finding a way to eliminate or prevent the bad thing from happening. That's the social deduction side of things. So let's jump into that next category. Yeah, our next category is co-op games. Not everybody likes to play competitive games, and it's nice to have an option for those people who want to work together. And sometimes it's nice just to have uh, a different style of game that uses a different part of your brain. So working together in a co-op game is, is just a different way to play a game, and it's, it's, it's a great option to have to round out your collection. So great options here for co-op games. We have Pandemic and the slew of pandemic games other pandemic games that are out there the original i think is a great choice but there are tons of other options that you could choose to hone in on your group's preferences whether they like cthulhu stuff you could grab the pandemic cthulhu version you could grab pandemic iberia if they're into trains i think any of these any of the pandemic series is going to be a great add to your collection we also have the crew from cosmos the crew is a cooperative trick-taking game where you are working together to try to ensure that a certain player wins each type of trick based on the mission parameters for that mission that you're playing that time. It's a nice twist on a trick-taking, a traditional trick-taking type of game. Very fun. And then we have uh, Aeon's End. If you're looking for something a little bit more involved, a little heavier, Aeon's End is a cooperative deck-building game where you basically play mages who use magical powers and abilities to tr try to defeat a big bad boss enemy and their minions all of these are great co-op options for you know a group that wants to work together once in a while yeah co-op games are a lot of fun you know to just kind of feel a play and not be against each other for you know it's a different <laughs> It's a different style of playing a game and working with your friends versus against them. Next up, we have a category that we are calling card games. This we've decided is including both deck building and tableau building games, since they all kind of use cards in similar fashions where you're collecting them and trying to get the best either deck or tableau laid out in front of you. So first up, we have Ascension by Stoneblade Entertainment. And like Justin was mentioning with Pandemic, how there's a lot of varieties of them. There is a whole slew of varieties of Ascension, you know, where you are either fighting certain types of monsters or you're creating, you know, collecting different gems to power your spells and stuff. So uh, lots of different ways to play Ascension that way. And then we have Seven Wonders, which is great tableau building where you're you know doing what it says you're creating the seven wonders another tableau building game that we really like is race for the galaxy by real grad games and with that one you're flying around space and building up these different areas there and you're racing to have the most powerful board and then the last one we have is dominion Again, by Real Grand Games. This is another deck builder game. 
it's a classic deck builder, I think. I think a lot of people know and love Dominion and collect all the expansions for it. So those are our picks for card games to include in your collection. Yeah, absolutely. Card games, cards are so versatile in games, and this is just such a small selection of the card game category. Like there are so many games out there that are that you could just add and expand to to your games. In fact, you can very easily find card games that will fit into a number of these other categories. And so we we tried to pick some of the the best that represent some of the core mechanics that we we find and see very commonly in the card game genre. Moving on to the narrative story type games, we picked a couple of, I think, really good games here that allow you to immerse yourself in the story of the game while you're playing it. And the first one on that list is Mansions of Badness 2nd Edition from Fantasy Flight Games. You've probably heard us talk about this one a number of times. Justin and I have a a competition for sure to see who can achieve the most painted Mansions of Madness figures for this year, (laughs) even though Justin doesn't doesn't really know he's competing in it. Oh, uh, I, I understand. I, I don't think I'm going to win, but I'm still in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that that is it's such a classic uh, Cthulhu scenario driven game that uh, we had to include it. And then, of course, you can't talk about narrative story games without including at least some form of a campaign game. And so we selected Gloomhaven: Jaws of the Lion from Cephalo Fair Games. And this is really the bigger, big, big, giant, massive box of Gloomhaven or Frosthaven would be great here, or listing off other games like Descent from Fantasy Flight Games or Imperial Assault from Fantasy Flight Games or a number of other Mm -hmm. of these campaign games could be picked here. Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion is such a great introductory arc into the Gloomhaven experience. In a in a more affordable form factor, and Gloomhaven is kind of the the king of games when we talk about the campaign driven. And and you don't need to have somebody sit in the Overlord chair, so everybody can just get together and play through the campaign as a as a cooperative team versus having to have uh, one player be a be the GM over the thing. So. All great picks, and narrative story is just obviously one of my favorite things to talk about from a, from a gaming side of things. It's one games that I don't get to play nearly as nearly as much as I'd like. And Suzanne is going to guilt me about not having my my Mansions of Madness figures painted so that we can play it. I was going to say that Cozy, it is you have no one to blame but yourself for Mansions of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> you made the rule that we can't play it until pieces, certain pieces are painted. And then Gloomhaven, you need to stop being so busy with things like work so that we can sit down and play Gloomhaven for a bunch. That's it. Instead of, instead of working tomorrow, we're both playing Gloomhaven. Oh, I still need to work. <laughs> oh, that's not my fault. All right. Well, why don't you tell us about Abstract Games? (laughs) So, Abstract Games are a genre of games that I didn't think I would enjoy as much as I do. I am not very good at them. Over in this household, uh, Comzy is definitely the king. Unless our daughter's home, then she just 
you know, crushes, I think, both of us at them. But I don't think I'm the king of abstract games here. You crush me plenty. You and me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's just get through the list that Whisker Dice has picked. So abstract games are the ones that it's not necessarily clear what you need to do. Stepwise, there's no worker placement, there's no tableau that you have, there's no engine really. So we have picked Azul by Plan D Games, which I absolutely love. We have every version of Azul in this household, and there's a lot of them. We own every copy of Azul. Love it. The, the feel and the weight of the components. I think that's another thing with a lot of abstract games. They have really nice components, you know, tactile components. Santorini, where you are hopping around and building buildings and climbing on top of them by Roxley Games is a lot of fun. And then Hive by Gen 42 Games is the one that Conzi crushes me in nonstop because you have to think like four, five, six moves ahead of what you're doing. The only game on this list that you can play fully underwater. <laughs> that is very true. You can play this underwater. The pieces are heavy enough that they will probably think it's also a great game to just take anywhere because it carried in a small bank and yeah and the pieces don't blow away anyway those are our three picks for abstract games justin what do you think about the next category right so our our next and last category to round out your game collection is area control games oh it's my area (laughs) can't take my territories this is this is my area to talk about, Ben. Let me have this area. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mine. <laughs> oh, we're having some area control issues here right now. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely wanted to contr- include this category because it's something. It is a type of gameplay that it really isn't covered all the time. Um, with uh, a lot of our other categories, there's a high player interaction generally. It's much more contentious kind of gameplay or fighty, as Suzanne might call it. <laughs> so we got two good picks here. First off is Small World from Days of Wonder. Small World is is kind of a classic area control game at this point. You play as fantasy races taking over the landscape and rising and falling as they expand and contract naturally and has the unique aspect of you get to kind of customize the the race that you're playing. So you might have something like flying orcs or maybe undead elves. Is that a combination? I'm not sure. But possibly. Yeah, you have you have different combinations for each race, which grants them different abilities and, and different ways to kind of control the map. And it's it's an easy to learn, easy, easy to learn area control and it's really great for for new people to games as well. And then for on the on the heavier side, uh, we have Blood Rage from Simon Games. Blood Rage is a dudes on a map area control where you are playing a Viking faction fighting for control of the slowly collapsing Viking land and gaining the the assistance of massive monsters to assist you with your faction controlling the area and fighting and dying for for glory in Valhalla. Both really good area control options to to get that area of your collection filled out. So just play the Loki strategy, you'll be good. <laughs> Blood Rage! I'll say with both of these area control games, the reason I enjoy them also is that you don't, you're never out of the game. 
if you lose all your mm-hmm. territory in Small World, you come back as a new race mm-hmm. and get more territory. And Blood Rage, if everything dies off, you spawn more or something, I think, right? There's there's a mechanism so that you're getting stuff. So when you're not that great at area or think you're not that great at area control and everything dies off, you just go again and you keep playing and you might win. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I think that's the mark of what has stepped it up in the area control genre and then why we kind of focused in on a pair of these games because there are the more traditional area control games where it's really easy to be sitting there all day watching your friends have fun as you're completely annihilated in the early rounds. It's an area where maybe the area of these categories that was the more controversial to include in this list, but it's such a unique style of game that we thought if you had to say, hey, it's going to be a well-rounded collection where you're going to capture a number of different play styles and styles of games, you can't ignore area control as being an essential kind of well-rounded game. And there are some great games out there now that aren't as punishing as they once were in the area control genre. So that is all of our categories. And just a ton of games that all fit in those categories. And, and I don't think there's any of those suggestions that we've come up with today that if you're looking for a nice, well-rounded collection of games without owning hundreds of titles in your collections, like perhaps <laughs> Suzanne and I, then the these are a great subset of games that you can go pick out and and really start to focus around building that well-rounded collection. Of course, you know what games you like more than anyone else, and you hopefully have a good idea what the people who like to play games with you like more than anybody more than anybody else. So these are our suggestions. Hopefully you found this useful to help you advance and grow your well-rounded collection. And we'd love to hear more about your suggestions for a well-rounded game collection. Just let us know. Pop over onto our Facebook page and leave a comment on the post for this for this episode, episode 119. Or you can go ahead and leave a comment for us on Twitter or Instagram or you know what? We have a Discord. Hop on into our Discord and post in the Board Games channel and let us know what games you you thought were great. That, that'll that always be a great way to let us know. So, anyways, any final thoughts, team, for about well-rounded games that uh, we didn't think about or share yet? I'm wondering if you guys have a game that you think is a must-have for any board game collection. Is there, like, a single game that you could point to that you're like, you got to have this game in a well-rounded collection. I'm not sure I do. I have one maybe kind of in the back of my head that I always, always talk about. But uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What? Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh, <laughs> man. <on>. If you <laughs> Monopoly, it teaches you patience and counting. And... No, I think. <laughs> oh, that hurts. I, I think honestly for me it would be Azul. I don't I don't think I have a game specifically, although Azul is a very good pick, I think, here. What I have what I would say is I would I would have a publisher that I would go to if I was looking for a a, a series of games from a single trusted publisher 
that are going to be great, not only entry-level gateway-type games, but they have a nice variety of different games across different genres, and that is Days of Wonder. There are so many games, and we had a, at least one or two Days of Wonders games on this list, but Days of Wonder is known for titles like, what was it, uh, we had them in here for Small World, but you also have Ticket to Ride, you have Heat, you have so many other games that are that are very good, not incredibly complicated, easy to learn, well-written rules, and are and are kind of targeted to that uh, more entry-level board gaming market. That if you're you know if you're looking for a single publisher to build a lot of games around, that's a good you you generally aren't going to go wrong there. I have a different publisher that I was thinking about when you started talking that that it's maybe not entry-level games, but it's one publisher that you can get a lot of different genres, or not like different play styles of games, and but they all generally have the same theme. So you're in the same world, but you've got a wide variety, and that would be Thunderworks games. So you've got a lot of different... Flipping right, you got dice rollers slash... Yes. You've got uh, the worker placement with lockup. Yep. You've got uh, role player adventures for your yep. big campaign game. You've got auction slash slash economic game with Donavulos, uh, yeah. not only Goblin Vaults, but then you have the economic game with Donavulos. Oh, Donavulos, which also kind of feels a little bit like area control, even though it's not your area you're controlling. So that's a good suggestion. Yeah, I don't know. I like seeing all of the Thunderworks games lined up. But anyway, Justin, what was yours that you were thinking about? So mine, rather than a publisher, and, and this is a little conditional, if you are a fan of Euro games, I think that, to me, to have a well-rounded collection, you got to have an Uwe Rosenberg game in your collection. And there's a ton to choose from. I would recommend something like probably Agricola or maybe Fjord for something lighter. But I feel like he's such a key designer in the euro game space that it you should be represented in in your collection and i'm a maybe. little biased because i like uve games <laughs> i say maybe well i think justin just had, had think, thought of one of our upcoming topics that we're going to have our essential game designers yeah, yeah you should experience yeah yes at the very least give one of them a chance to find out if they they hit as good for you as they do for me but yes I think I think there's got to be at least one Uve game out there for everybody. So you know, get oh, one yeah. of those in your collection. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this, pop on our social media and let us know which uh, game designers we should consider for future episodes. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, with that, I think we've concluded episode 119 of the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast and all of our suggestions for a well-rounded gaming collection, at least our suggestions round one. Perhaps there might be a part two in the future. You'll just have to tune in and see for your next episode of the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you download podcasts today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show wherever your favorite place is to find podcasts. 
Oh, and by the way, give us a like on our Facebook page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest while you're at it. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on the blog at wiscodice.com. Hey, Brian, what's that site? Ah, oh, darn. I forget. Uh, Justin, what's our website again? Wiscodice.com. That's right. It's wiscodice.com. And until next time, everyone, peace out.